Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my time. She was warned. She was given an explanation. Nevertheless, she persisted. You want to talk about women's issues? That's fantastic. Never doubt that you are valuable and powerful and deserving of every chance and opportunity in the world to pursue and achieve your own dreams. Welcome to EA by Proxy. I'm Cindy McDevitt. And I'm Megan Mullen. How's it going? You know, um, we're here. We made it. That's the important part. Let's not talk about how it's going outside of it's that. It's gonna be May. It's gonna be May. I hate that. I'm <laughs> There's baby. no meme I hate more in this world than that one. I enjoy it thoroughly. No, it's stupid. You know he's not saying May. I it doesn't know. even really sound like May. I know. Whoever started it needs to shut their faces. It's their hilarious. Stupid freaking faces. Wow, you've got opinions. <laughs> no, I don't. You've got so many opinions about things that I've, may that, that literally have no consequence. I've literally never had an opinion in my life. Ever. I you, am the Aaron Burr of I this mean, podcast. A, I mean, you're a woman, so you're not. Right, I'm not allowed to. You're not allowed to have opinions. So yeah, makes here sense. We are. Well, we're off to a strong start here at Yay by Proxy today. Don't, don't make me swish my water in the mic again. Gross, I hated that. <laughs> it, was, it sounded like the word moist. <laughs> it really did. It was moist in my mouth. Oh, I don't like that. We're going to go... Um, all right let's jump into the news uh by talking about a little country called iran you ready for this i'm get ready for this don't you see iran or iran it depends on the day honestly because i really don't know i'm just wondering i've heard it said both ways yeah Uh, trevor no had a joke once where he was like he said something about the way americans pronounce iran or he said iran Makes it sound like they're, like, running away from it. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I mean, the one, uh, there is one political science prof that says it a lot that goes Iran. So mm. I'm going to say it's Iran. Mm. But I'm not sure. Just sounds very past tense. Iran. Iran away. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, the Trump administration is currently, so this is going to start with North Korea, but it's right. all connected. Uh, so get out your cork board and your red string and your trench coat <laughs> and let's go. Okay. Uh, the Trump administration is currently working to get North Korea to abandon its nuclear program. Mm-hmm. This is something that all presidents had worked on during their administrations, uh, especially the last three, and would be a major diplomatic achievement for the whole world. A couple of notes on this. Other presidents have not been successful in negotiating with North Korea because North Korea has typically been seen as untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. If this works out and Donald Trump ke- creates peace, great. But the concern is that what we saw... Wow. Again. <laughs> um, but the concern is that we saw last week how easy it was for French President Emmanuel Macron to woo the president and then a couple of days later go to Congress and give a speech rejecting everything Trump stands for. So we should be worried about Trump's ego and mental state in these negotiations. Basically, don't count your eggs before they hatch. Sure. That's a saying, right? Yes, and I'm a little concerned that you were unsure about that. <laughs> I wrote that earlier, and I was like, I'm going to go with it. Yeah, don't count your eggs before they hatch. <laughs> um, well, because basically what it means is, like, not all of them are going to hatch. So oh, sad. So don't count the chicks. Sad dead baby chickens. Yep, that's pretty much it. <laughs> all right. Uh, one thing that could jeopardize these North Korean negotiations is the Iran nuclear agreement. This was negotiated by President Obama and agreed that in exchange for more power on the international international stage, especially... Uh, in things like trade and oil, Iran would begin the process of stopping their nuclear program. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be noted that there are many parts of this deal that are not best for America and are not what the Obama administration really wanted, but that is how negotiations work. 
both sides gives up some things they want what? to get the ultimate goal. It's called diplomacy. What is it's, this? It's kind of a new concept. One, one may say that it's kind of like a like a like a promise between two people, like a co-promise, like a like huh. a like a like a com, com, compromise, comprise, Compro- compromise, compromise, compromise. Um, so Trump has until May twelfth to decide whether or not he's going to stay in this deal with Iran. Now here's where you get your red string out. These two things are related. Bum bum bum. Because if Trump doesn't stay in the deal with Iran, it could be a signal to the North Koreans that making a deal with the United States isn't worth it because Trump or another president could just pull out of it willy-nilly, men pulling out. Oh, God. The (laughs) president... No, no. I'm going to just back up and say, not allowed. (laughs) The president, however, does not see it this way. On Monday, he said that pulling out of the Iran deal will, quote, send the right message... And this is where the CNN graphic plays and it says, breaking news, the president's a moron. <laughs> like, I don't, I, like, there's, it's so clear that pulling out of the Iran deal could affect the North Korea deal. Sure. Like, that's like foreign policy one-on-one. Yeah. <laughs> I could have told you that when I was like six. Okay, I don't know about six. I like, was a very smart child. I've regressed. <laughs> <laughs> that I do believe. But um, no, that's like the whole thing is... I, he's not big on diplomacy. I think we've seen that with how he handles all the State Department stuff. He gets confused about what the State Department and like the Department of Defense do because he's like, "Let's nuke them all, come I on, Rex!" Gets- and then he's <laughs> like, "Well, Rex is like, well, I can't do that. I'm the chief diplomat." And then they're like, you're, and "He's like, you're fired." I think he gets confused as to what the government does. That's to be fair. Honest. I don't know that he understands like the co-equal branches or anything like that because he's usually just like, "Congress is going to do this," and Congress is like, "No, we're not." That's not how that works. That's not right. Um, but yeah, so like, it's just, it's so clear that you can't just pull out of Iran and it's not going to affect North Korea. And I don't know why this guy is such an idiot. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be a domino effect. Um, I don't think foreign policy is going to be his strong suit. So. <laughs> I mean, that's nothing new. But I'd like to say, I'd like to use this as a predictor and say not good at huh. the foreign policy. I think you're taking the gamble on that one. Yeah, just a tad. I'll put money on it. You know, and I think it is important that, you know, foreign policy is kind of like playing Jenga, where it's very, very uh, fragile, and you make one mistake and the whole thing might topple over. Um, And it's also, like, there's been, I don't know, it's described as, like, a chess match and stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's so many foreign actors that you have to kind of play it strategically. So, yeah, in in that sense, it's like chess, because... It's like three-dimensional chess, but Donald Trump is playing three-dimensional checkers. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. I mean, this is rough. I'm not going to lie. This is rough. This is rough. He's having a rough time with um, with the whole North Korea-Iran thing. And I'm sure he doesn't make the connection. I'm sure his advisors are like, no, this, 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 and this. And he's like, no. If I do one thing, it's not going to affect the other things. Well, when you have the attention span of a squirrel on crack, like... <laughs> literal goldfish attempts. I mean, he was in... We're going to get to this when we talk about the White House Correspondents Center, too, but he he was in Michigan Saturday night yelling about locking up Hillary Clinton... Again. ...and building the wall and all of the BS that he said on the campaign trail, and then he just comes on Twitter and is like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, North Korea, going well. I'm going to win the Nobel Peace Prize. But Sydney, her emails... Sydney. I've said it before and it can't be said enough that when we nuke North Korea, the mushroom cloud will spell out but her emails. I hate that. I hate that, but it's not wrong. (laughs) 
I hate that it's not wrong. No, my hope is that something does work out. Like you yeah. said, if, if, you know, if this country, yeah, I mean, this peace. would be a huge, uh, move forward. Right. You know, this has been a conflict since the Korean war in the fifties. Right. So this would be a huge step for peace. And of course you want this to work out. Right. Um, you know, we don't want Donald Trump to be a good president, but if he succeeds at this, cool, more power to him. He's still yeah. probably ruined democracy in this country. Um, not to be dramatic about it or anything. You are full of drama <laughs> all the time. I don't know why I expected anything different from you. But, I mean, you know, yeah. I. Yeah. Anything else to say about that? No? Just, like, please don't nuke the world. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, that would be good. Okay. I live in the world, so. Let's check in with uh, Robert Durst. Robert Mueller. Jesus. Did you do that on purpose just now? No. <laughs> wow. Okay, not not the same person. Okay. I had it in my brain. So, Robert, just to be clear, Robert Mueller is the special counsel. Robert Durst is... Serial killer. Alleged. Allegedly. Allegedly. Alleged. Allegedly. Allegedly. Witch hunt. Witch hunt. Let's check in with Robert Mueller. So, yeah. So, basically, uh, Trump's lawyers and the special counsel had a, a Congress a meeting where they... Um, that's the right word. You're fine. No, I know. It was um, just funny. Uh, where uh, Mueller's people basically laid out, these are the questions we want to ask the president. Right? And yes. it's a list of, like, questions about uh, James Comey, Michael Flynn, Jeff Sessions, his tweets... Like, there's a whole thing there. And Trump did tweet about it and say, these questions are blah, 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 misleading, blah, 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 like, whatever. I didn't... I can't with you, Donald John Trump. I can't. No one can, really. Um, also notable is in this meeting, the Washington Post was reporting yesterday, that Mueller uh, said that he could subpoena the president. Sure. Um, if the president refuses to sit down, that would probably get challenged in the Supreme Court because the president has never been subpoenaed before, I don't think. I not in my recollection. No, mind yeah. you, I'm only 22 years old, so my re recollection is not. I'm 21. Super expansive. So yours is even less than mine. So neither of us really know anything. Let's be honest. It's a month and a day. Shh, it's fine. <laughs> Shh, it's fine. Um, but we thought that a good way to like break this down would be basically that um, one of us is going to read the questions, and one will respond as Trump's advisors will probably respond, and then one will respond as the president would actually respond to these questions. Why were you so vague about that? What? About who was going to do what? Oh, well, sorry. I will ask the question. Sorry. <laughs> I'll lay it out for you again. <laughs> I will ask the question. Sydney will react as the president's advisors would, and I will react as the president yeah. would have. Or will, excuse me. <laughs> will. Will, because God, I hope he's not. probably going to be subpoenaed. We'll see what happens. All oh, right, boy. Sydney, you ready to get into it? I'm ready. Wait, hang on. Let me put on my advisor hat. Okay, I got my MAGA hat on. All right, my let, let me put my toupee on. <laughs> Wait, you're, you're, uh, you don't have white enough eye, eye circles. Um, I don't have my makeup with me. I can't help you there. You're just going to have to imagine. She does have an obnoxiously long tie on right now, though. I do. I packed it just for this occasion. Um, so the we first came up with this game 30 minutes ago, we did. <laughs> so is it really a game? Who knows? It's a thing that's happening. You're here. We're it's here. Improv. Welcome to our improv show. Welcome. I've always wanted to be in a college improv troupe, and now I've made it with four listeners. Ooh, I hate myself more after I said that. <laughs> Imagine if this was like actually an improv show and the amount of people who listen live are actually in the audience. It would be the saddest improv show ever. No, that's about the size of a crowd for an improv show. Womp womp. <laughs> that's fair. All right, let's go. Let's so the question. first question for you, yes. random advisor, 
Um, I got my Kush hat on. How should I call you, Jared? No, please don't. <laughs> how was this? Because like, we're off to a great start. How was the decision made to fire Michael Flynn on February 13th, 2017? And what efforts were made to reach out to Mr. Flynn about seeking immunity or possible pardon? The decision, well, we were, um, I already messed up. <laughs> you goofed. I done goofed. You done goofed. Go um, well, we appreciate what Michael Flynn did for our administration. As soon as we found out that he had compromising information that may be affecting our administration, we immediately fired him and decided to sever all ties with him. All right. Well, <clears throat> let me and Mr. Get, Trump, let me just get in the zone here. Well, <laughs> Jared, as you know, I only hire the best people, the greatest people, all the people I know are the best people. Michael Flynn, best people, witch hunt, witch hunt. But also I didn't like him, so I fired him. <laughs> so Michael Flynn, not on board the MAGA train. Not cool, Mikey boy. Don't appreciate it. Uh, but I will remind you that the media is at fault here. Witch hunt, fake news, CNN, WAPO, New York Times is failing, failing yay by proxy. And just like a real improv show, it's gone on too long. <laughs> but am I wrong? Is no. That is how the president would probably respond. It's the media's fault. I hate the world. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to move on? Yeah. All right. The next question is... What was the purpose, the president's purpose, yep. rather, what was the president's purpose of the January 27th, 2017 dinner with James Comey and what was said? The dinner was strictly personal. It was just for the president to get to know the FBI director better because they were going to be working closely together. Um, and so it was just a personal dinner for them to get to know each other, no policy, nothing about work was discussed. It was strictly about the two friends sharing a beautiful candlelight dinner together. Mr. President? In the words of my close friend, Chris Brown, these hoes ain't loyal. I brought him a McRib sandwich, my favorite meal. I brought him McDonald's, and what does he do? He says his loyalty is to the country. Well, in case you didn't notice, I am the president which means I am the country. I rule the world. Donald J. Trump, make America great again. Blah, 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 Kofefe. Wow, you got everything in that one. I do my best. He'll lose track of it somehow. That's fair. I'm sure it'll probably just be 20 minutes of him talking about what he could have just tweeted about. So. That's true. All right, next question. Yes. So regarding the decision to fire James Comey, when was it made, why, and who played a role? It was made by the entire administration. All the senior staff in the White House came to this decision together. It was made because of the unfair way that James Comey treated Hillary Clinton in the election. James Comey never should have put his finger on the scales. That is not how our democracy works. And what we are seeing is democracy in action. And it is a beautiful thing. That is an Aaron Sorkin line. I know what you're thinking. So look. There's nothing fishy about the James Comey firing. Wrong. Mr. President, your rebuttal. Wrong. You're turning into that old Sean Connery impression that <laughs> Will Ferrell used to do on it's SNL. Wrong. It's wrong. It's fake news. Witch hunt. Suck it, Trebek. <laughs> I made all the decisions. Me, I'm in charge. I'm the most in charge. I'm in the big boy chair. I fire all the fired. 
people. I like to say you're fired. It's my job. Me. I'm the president. Me. Witch hunt. Are you done? Sure. (laughs) Someone forgot to give the president his pacifier this morning. (laughs) He's teething. It's okay. He's teething. I am. (laughs) It's very painful. Oh, God. Anyway. What's next? All right. So what discussions did you have during the campaign regarding any meeting with Vladimir Putin? And did you discuss it with others? As a campaign, we respected the one president as a time policy as set a precedent set by all other incoming administrations and campaigns. We respected the Obama administration's right to conduct foreign policy how they see fit. And even if we don't agree with what they were doing, we were going to wait until it was our turn in the White House to begin conducting foreign policy. Then this is the part where I wish I could speak Russian. <laughs> um, Yet. But instead, I just want to say, ooh, Vlad Putin would swipe right on that. Love Vlad. He's great. But I don't know him. We've never met or talked. And he's never, ever, ever sanctioned a pee tape. Ever. <laughs> on me. Nope. Wrong. Fake news. Witch hunt. The end. Boom. Right. 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 Obama. Left. left. <laughs> HRC. Left. <laughs> Bill? Ooh, I'd consider it. May swipe right. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, during the campaign, what did you know about Russian hacking, use of social media, or other acts aimed at the campaign? Our campaign operated in a completely legal way. We did not in any way work with the Russian government to influence the election. We didn't need to. This president was so popular. It was not necessary to work with a foreign government. People wanted to make America great again, and that is what we have done. I sound like Sean Spicer, and I don't feel comfortable with that. (laughs) Except he could add you on LinkedIn. God, add me on LinkedIn, Sean Spicer. I only have two more weeks to tell you that. Yeah. What's the... This is an aside. What's the Twitter character limit now? Uh... 240? 240? Is that it? All right, so then I'm going to answer this question as Trump and say, I will not give an answer that exceeds 240 characters. Next. I hated that. (laughs) Am I wrong? No. Am I wrong? No. No collusion. No collusion. No collusion. Witch hunt. I can't wait to see uh, Trump's tweet on Mother's Day. I just want to know how he's going to wish everyone a happy Mother's Day. And then I'm going to take that tweet and I'm going to, I'm going to print it out and I'm going to tape it in a card for my mom. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Honestly, I once made her a card once for Mother's Day that said Happy Plastic Surgery Day, so it wouldn't be the... <laughs> what? Wow. It's a whole thing. Okay, then. Well, those were the main, one, main questions that I pulled out of it. Mm. But um, I like it. I mean, you- I didn't... You didn't, but it happened. Yeah. Um, like I said, you're here, we're here. We're just <laughs> suffering through this together, guys. We, we're going to make it. It's going to be okay. I promise. No, it's not. We're all going to die and the world is on fire. My world's on fire. How about, about yours? yours? That's the way I like it and I never get bored. All right. <laughs> With that, smash mouth tangent. Hey, now. Um, stop. You're star. Get your game on and go play. Hey this is now. not Shrek. Get the show on oh and my God. get paid. All right. When we come back, the F word. All that glitters is gold. And we're back. We made it. Barely. Oh, I didn't expect you to turn us back on just now. I know you said it, but I was like, what? 
I wasn't ready. I told you what I was doing, so I don't feel bad. I only have heard you. Now time. That's very descriptive of my life. Um, (laughs) It is now time for a game we call the F word. Yeah. You should just rename it Megan Suffering now. Do you know, I I don't know if I ever told this story on air, but um, our theme song was originally written as an intro to the F word. Yeah. And then I wrote something really cool. So I was like, this is a theme song, not just an intro to a game we were only going to play once. And it's a good way to avoid getting, you know, do- uh, dinged for copyright. So yeah, there you go. Which we did a couple times on YouTube. Don't want to talk about it. Awkward. Um, all right. Here's how this works. Uh, I find something in the news that uh, Megan has not seen or heard or read much about. Right. Maybe she knows some context. Maybe not. Yeah. Um, and we uh, either read it to her or play it to her live on air to yeah. s- hear her suffer because it really just makes my life. I would like to say that typically these are things I've actively been avoiding listening to, not that I just don't listen to the news. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm very informed. Well, I'm also in like a weird like bubble of odd news, so it's easier to for me to find this stuff for you. That's fair. But this this is a big deal. This was the White House Correspondence Center, right? Yes. We're going to talk about the White House Correspondence Center um, on Saturday at the Hilton in DC, the White House Correspondence Center took place. It takes place every year. Um, it, it is fine. It's a whatever event. It strokes journals, journalists' egos. Um, it was funny when Obama spoke at it. Mm-hmm. Now it's just mediocre. Um, I like when they were like, "This is my birth video," and it was Simba from The Lion King. <laughs> that, that was that was the so year that um, Seth Meyers roasted the crap out of Donald Trump. And Omarosa's like, that's the night he decided to run for president. And it's like, how fragile is his masculinity? We know how fragile it is. Let's, <laughs> not, let's not underestimate that. That's fair. Uh, all right. So this year, the headliner at the White House Correspondence Center was Michelle Wolf, uh, who used to write for Late Night with Seth Meyers and was also on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Right. And has a hilarious comedy special on hilarious. HBO called Nice Lady, which I love. Um, so here's the thing about Michelle She's a very specific brand of comedy, mm-hmm. and it's not for everyone. Sure, it's uh, it's it's crass. Yeah, and uh, and I love it. Yeah. Um. So let's start off uh with our first clip. We have a few clips that we're gonna play, and then yeah. we're gonna we're gonna talk about them. Sure thing. So this first one, uh, we'll just start at the very beginning. Okay. Good evening. Good evening. Here we are, the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Like a porn star says when she's about to have sex with a Trump, let's get this over with. <laughs> right in. Right in. I mean, that one, that one, to be fair to people who were, okay. That this wasn't isn't, that's super, not even, that's not even a controversial one. These aren't all controversial. No, and I, I know. I'm, what I'm tr- trying to say is that was like literally the easiest joke to make ever. Oh, yeah. Um, so then she went in on Congress. And just a reminder to everyone... I'm here to make jokes. I have no agenda. I'm not trying to get anything accomplished. So everyone that's here from Congress, you should feel right at home. Oof. Um, So these first ones are all like pretty just like classic. Yeah. uh, White House correspondence. There's another Stormy Daniels one. Topical humor. And I know as much as some of you might want me to, it's 2018, and I'm a woman, so you cannot shut me up. Mm. Unless you have Michael Cohen wire me $130,000. Michael, you can find me on Venmo under my porn star name, Reince Priebus. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Wright's laugh at that? I'm sure he was there. Yeah, he gave a thumbs up. <laughs> Very uncomfortable. Oh, man. Um, so, to be fair to Michelle, uh, this is where we get into a few of the more controversial ones. Um, she did point out to the White House Correspondence Center that they obviously didn't know who they were hiring. Should have done more research before you got me to do this. <laughs> That's fair. Oh. Um, she also, uh, <laughs> this I think was one of my favorite ones. I'm just going to play it. Okay. Now, there is a lot to cover tonight. There's a lot to go over. I can't get to everything. I know there's a lot of people that want me to talk about Russia and Putin and collusion, but I'm not going to do that because there's also a lot of liberal media here. And I've never really wanted to know what any of you look like when you orgasm. Except <laughs> <laughs> maybe you, Jake Tapper. <laughs> I bet it's something like this. Okay, that's all the time we have. That was pretty good. Um, she also uh, was bipartisan and went on, in on Hillary. Mm. It is kind of crazy that the Trump campaign was in contact with Russia when the Hillary campaign wasn't even in contact with Michigan. And then she also played a game with reporters called Trump is so broke. And this was the ending of that game. Okay. Trump is so broke. Oh, what did uh, he, say? he had to borrow money from the Russians and now he's compromised and not susceptible to blackmail and possibly responsible for the collapse of the Republic. Yay! <laughs> um, and then we get to some of the more uh, controversial moments of the night. Mm -hmm. uh, first, uh, so Michelle started talking about the women who work in the Trump administration, including Kellyanne Conway, Ivanka Trump, and uh, Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders. This is what she had to say about Kellyanne Conway. You guys gotta stop putting Kellyanne on your shows. All she does is lie. If you don't give her a platform, she has nowhere to lie. It's like that old saying, if a tree falls in the woods, how do we get Kellyanne under that tree? Oh. I'm not suggesting she gets hurt, just stuck. Stuck under a tree. Stuck under a tree. Oh my god. Um, so I think one of the notable things, and why the Kellyanne Conway, this is all in order of how she said it, but also I like that the media laughed at the Kellyanne Conway jokes, but not at the Sarah Huckabee Sanders jokes. And I think that says a lot about Kellyanne Conway. Yeah. Oh no. Did it, oh my god. <laughs> Let's crush Kellyanne Conway under a tree. Oh, that's, that's a lot. No, she said she didn't want her to get hurt, just stuck. Um, just stuck. So then we come to the Sarah Huckabee Sanders jokes, and this is where people are, um, how do you say, hmm. being butthurt about it. <laughs> this is the first one. And of course we have Sarah Huckabee Sanders. We are graced with Sarah's presence tonight. I have to say I'm a little starstruck. I love you as Aunt Lydia on The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> Ooh, that was a good one, Mighty I think. Pence, if you haven't seen it, you would love it. Um, so there are a couple of criticisms that people have thrown around about that one. Some people thought it was about her looks and her being oh. heavier. Um, oh. I think it's clear that that was about her character and right. the fact that Aunt Lydia is a woman who goes against the betterment of women. Right. I didn't oh I see I didn't even perceive it as the other I didn't either all. until I read something else where they were like, She compared her to Aunt Lydia and like all caps freak out and I was like, 
you haven't read or watched The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Like, I got, I got the... It was a contextual thing. Like, yeah. Like, if you haven't seen it, it doesn't make sense. Um, so next is the actual one where everyone was freaking out that uh-huh. Michelle Wolf uh, made a joke about Sarah Huckabee Sanders' looks. Okay. I actually really like Sarah. I think she's very resourceful. Like, she burns facts, and then she uses that ash to create a perfect smoky eye. <laughs> Ooh, people like maybe didn't... she's born with it. Maybe it's lies. Ooh, people didn't like it's that probably one. Probably lies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, people didn't like it. <laughs> no, I could tell. Um, I think that this is weird because I, I like to me, it's clear that this is about uh, her lying, not about her looks. Well, and here's the thing: she complimented her makeup. Right. She said she made a perfect smoky eye. It was the lies thing. Yeah. So um, this is the line that people have kind of like held on to throughout the whole. That's a weird one. Thing. It wasn't yeah. the Kellyanne Conway tree one. Really? No, it was. They were like, I can't believe Michelle Wolf would make fun of someone's looks. And it's like, well, that's not what she was doing. And you don't understand comedy. Wow. OK. Yeah. And that didn't even like touch on that, really. No, it didn't say, you know, she's she looks this way. She's ugly, blah, blah, blah. No, it was like, you make a great smoky eye. I bet it's out of lies, yeah. buddy. Yeah. So, so I, that that didn't that doesn't make sense that people are stuck on that one. I don't think. Um, and then there was one more Sarah Huckabee Sanders joke, okay. which I think you'll really appreciate. Oh, okay, we'll see. And I'm never really sure what to call Sarah Huckabee Sanders. You know, is it Sarah Sanders? Is it Sarah Huckabee Sanders? Is it cousin Huckabee? Is it Auntie Huckabee Sanders? Like, what's Uncle Tom but for white women who disappoint other white women? Ooh. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, I know, Aunt Coulter. <laughs> yeah, that's the right reaction. Yes, yeah. Um, so here's the thing: is that you expected uh, the right to be pissed off about this performance. You sure. know, it was going after them. They were never going to be happy about it. Right. That's fine. Um, what was most frustrating to me in the aftermath of this was seeing journalists who were, like, coming to Sarah Huckabee Sanders' defense. Like, that's what, uh, like, being, like, you can't attack her for her looks and everything when that's clearly not what she said. Um, And I think that this next clip is the reason why they were so pissed off. Okay, well, I feel like you've said that about three or four of these clips. No, 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 no. Like, this is why the media was pissed off. This is specifically why journalists were pissed off. Go ahead. Go for it. You guys are obsessed with Trump. Did you used to date him? Because you pretend like you hate him, but I think you love him. I think what no one in this room wants to admit is that Trump has helped all of you. He couldn't sell steaks or vodka or water or college or ties or Eric. (sighs) But he has helped you. He's helped you sell your papers and your books and your TV. You helped create this monster and now you're profiting off of him. And if you're going to profit off of Trump, you should at least give him some money because he doesn't have any. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just I think that uh, the performative outreach that we've seen amongst journalists who talked about how wildly inappropriate this set was. Right. Uh, we're more upset about themselves being called out at their own events yeah. than... Uh, than about anything Michelle Wolf actually said. I will say there was there was one abortion joke that, uh, again, if you watch Michelle Wolf's uh, stand up, was not surprising. But you know, if you knew the White House Correspondence Center, it was surprising. Right. Um, but yeah, it was Interesting. frustrating. Interesting. It was very very frustrating. 
And I also think it overshadowed uh, her last point, which was this. Flint still doesn't have clean water. That was how she ended her speech. Uh, and very clearly more important to be talking about than Sarah Huckabee Sanders' makeup. Yeah. But has not been mentioned in the aftermath of the White House Correspondents' Dinner. Yeah. This is, yeah, it's interesting. I don't think any of the jokes went for this venue quite too far. I personally, and I mean, I know her brand of humor as well, so, like, I'm not super surprised. I also feel like there are jokes of this caliber that have happened at White House Correspondents' Dinners in the past, but that people aren't... There were, to be fair, there were ones that we couldn't play on air. Right. Because of language, which is usually pretty clean at this event. Sure. Um, So, like, there, I mean, it was riskier than most White House Correspondents' Yeah. She went on a limb a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I think the most frustrating thing in the last week has been to see, uh, especially journalists freaking out about this and saying how inappropriate it was and all of this, uh, because they pride themselves on this event being about the first amendment. Right. And if they can't see the hypocrisy in that. Yeah. I mean, if you don't want to go anymore, don't go. That's right. like, like just whatever. I don't know. I think just like take a joke. Yeah. When you had Axios reporting, like this is only going to help Donald Trump. And I was like, okay, show me the voter in 2020 that says they decided to vote for Donald Trump because Michelle Wolf made fun of his press secretary well, in 2018. I mean, apparently Donald Trump decided to run because Seth Meyers made fun of him. So who <laughs> knows? Seth. Who knows? Of course, Seth. And, you know, comedians have come to uh, Michelle Wolf's defense. Uh, both her former bosses have. Yeah. Seth talked about how mean she is and how it's not surprising. <laughs> So I just, I, I, uh, I am tired of all of the hot takes on the White House Correspondence Center. Yeah. And uh, she was right. You should have done more research if you didn't want her there. That's what I'm saying. Oh, and yeah. I think that, you know, uh, to, to wrap this up, the White House Correspondence Association, when they picked her to be the comedian, said something about we like her, uh, her like, call it, tell it as it is brand of humor. And it's like, that's what you got. That is and then, got. of course, they released a statement the day after saying that the uh, something to the effect of the entertainer's uh, remarks did not reflect our values. And it's you like, picked her. Yeah. What did you expect? I would also like to point out that the whole like tell it as it is thing is also a lot of why Trump's respect, uh, voters yeah. liked him. And now they're all freaked out about the whole tell it These as are it also is thing. The same people who call liberal snowflakes because they don't want guns in schools yeah. and they can't take a joke. From a comedian. I think everybody needs to... Who I think most people didn't know before Saturday night. I think everybody needs to take it down a peg. I think that that's the main thing to get out of this, is that she came, she did her job. Yeah, yeah some of it was crass, but also, she also didn't make fun of anybody's looks, really. Like, when no. you l- actually listen to what she no, said. No, that was a ridiculous thing that... Um, and I doubt that she is, like, a woman who has a whole, like, comedy special about being a woman right. and the things she's experienced and who obviously supports other women and is a feminist. I don't think she would do that. Right. So the fact that people are taking it that way is a major bummer. And I think we should respect her humor. I think she's hilarious and a, kind of a comedic genius. So... Sorry. Ridiculous. Yeah. So, um... Props, Michelle Wolf. I think you did a good job. Way to go, Michelle. Went a little risky, but, you know, it's fine. Paid off. All right. Uh, we will leave that there. And when we come back, the rant wheel. Rant wheel. And we're back. We made it. We uh, now know which order Kanye West and Kim Kardashian's kids are in. So yeah, we're we ready just, for the rant wheel. Yeah. We, 
It's a dark, dark day, isn't it? Um, What's on the wheel today, Megan? All right. So first we have Nobel laureate Donald John Trump. Marcus versus the tax bill. We'll get into that. Um, Hillary Clinton's Twitter bio. Oh, I didn't pull that up. Uh, Ironic by, uh, I'm going to say it wrong, Alanis. Alanis Morissette. Alanis Morissette and the Iowa abortion bill. Are you ready to spin it? Yeah. We're spinning. Hey, you know what we're doing? I'm guessing that we're spinning. We're spinning. And it's Marcus versus the tax bill. Marco Rubio. Marco Rubio's boyish good looks. (laughs) I hate you. Marco Rubio just came out today and said, I believe, I sent you this article, I didn't Mm -hmm. read it all the way through, but um, that he does not believe that the Republican tax bill, which he voted for, is helping workers. Mm. So... CNN! <laughs> I think that was... CNN's autoplay! I can't! <laughs> I think that was probably the best moment that could have happened. So I thank you for that CNN autoplay. I can't with um, CNN autoplay. Oh That's my. a whole nother rant. Oh my lordy. Um, oh my god. What were we even talking about? Marco Rubio's boyish good looks. Ah, yes. Um, okay, so... Marco Rubio, as you said, uh, voted for this bill. Mm -hmm. I wish that there was a thing, like maybe like a nonpartisan congressional office that uh, would tell us the effects of bills before we vote on them, you know? Yeah. Wouldn't that just be great? Um, It'd be very convenient. You know, I think we've got one of those. It's um, the, the... what? It's the um the the Congressional Budget Office. Never heard of it. The the CBO. Fake news. It is a nonpartisan office, mm. which does exactly what you just said. Huh. And they said it would be bad for workers. Huh. I, I almost cursed, so that was Marco. I stopped that self, but yes. So he said, quote, there is no evidence whatsoever that Republican tax cuts are helping workers. You voted for it, you dingus. Ridiculous. Oh my god. So <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't get how you can be this person where you're like, well, I'll fine. Like my morals are telling me not to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Cause uh, my bosses say that I have to, you should, you just... know why I do get it. You know why I do get it. He doesn't have a spine. No, because he's Marco Rubio. Same thing. <laughs> and right? this is very on brand for him. I can't believe this. Like there was a part of me that like saw the debates back in, of course I wanted a Democrat to be president, but way back when, and I was like, you know, if he was president, I wouldn't hate myself as much, but here we are. I have learned my lesson. Marco Rubio cannot legislate. He doesn't even senator. He doesn't know what he's doing. And, well, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's just kind of playing along with the whole Republican deal. And I think that if his moral, like, foundation is telling him not to do something, and the fact that he can just willfully ignore that does not make him a good person. Yeah. I'm going to go on a limb there and just say that. Um, you know... I think it, it may come as a shock to, to you and all of our listeners, but I'm no fan of Marco Rubio. Oh, really? Mm. Um, and Marco, you're kind of an idiot. What is going on? I'm what, absolutely I just, incredulous. I just like, okay, I, I understand. No, I don't want to say I understand. <laughs> Voting for a bill because your party wants you to is not new. Right. That is part of Congress. Right. But don't vote for that bill and then be like, well, it's bad for workers and none of us saw this coming. Right. Just be a little bit smarter than that, Marco. Just like, 
a little bit smarter. Yeah, you could have kept your mouth shut. You, those were your two options. Vote against the bill or keep your mouth shut. And you didn't either. Accurate. All right. Like, what's going on here? I don't All know, right. but we're not going to figure it out. Fine. We'll just spin again. There's no point in even continuing to talk about this. All right. So, ironic by Alanis Morissette. I do not know why you can't say your name. I just don't know. I don't know who this there is. There was a song that in 1996, I believe it was 1996, plagued, <laughs> plagued the radio. And it was the song Ironic by Alanis Morissette. Here's the thing about the song Ironic. None of it is ironic. Yeah. Let's look up some lyrics here. Okay. And? An old man turned 98. He won the lottery and died the next day. It's a black fly in your Chardonnay. It's a death row pardon two minutes too late. Isn't it ironic? No. Don't you think? No, it's not ironic. It's coincidental. It's very unfortunate coincidence, but that is not irony. Irony is a very specific form of humor. It's dark humor. And none of that is humorous. None of that is ironic. The thing that is ironic is that nothing in this song called ironic is ironic. But I don't give Alanis Morissette that much credit. I don't think she could come up with something like that. I think this song is stupid. And it has been pissing me off for 22 years. Wow. Remember earlier when I said you don't have opinions? (laughs) I stand by that claim right now. I can tell you, you know what, you have, op- I, <laughs> you have opinions only about the most important, impactful things in this world. February 27, 1996 was the day the world turned dark, and it's because Alanis Morissette released the song Ironic. Dear God. Ridiculous! You are a phenomenon. Has anyone ever told it's you like that? It's like rain on your wedding day. It's a free ride when you've already paid. It's the good advice that you just didn't take. That one especially isn't ironic. What are you doing? You are screaming into my ear. I don't care. This oh is ridiculous. This is blasphemous to the english language oh my gosh you're talking to the english minor i think I you're know. not an english minor anymore you dropped it you can't even credit yourself i am an that. english minor i'm graduating with an english minor i don't believe you it's you, ridiculous you want to see my degree it is you don't have it yet it is ridiculous <laughs> mr you? play it safe was afraid to fly that sounds very on brand for mr play it safe what are you doing alanis are you quite finished 1996 was a dark year. I was born, you were born, Alanis Morissette birthed this song, and it was we awful. We are spinning again. Um, Nobel, Nobel laureate Donald John Trump. All right. Right. So, basically, what's going on here is that there's this... We talked earlier about the North Korea talks, right? Yep. At Iran and all that, that stuff. It, and all that stuff. That was almost a sentence. Um, and, basically, there... Somebody... Uh, who was it exactly proposed that if North Korea peace co- talks ensue that Donald Trump be nominated it was for the, for the Nobel Prize the it was a, a man by the name of Lindsey Graham ah it was Lindsey ooh bless, that doesn't sound very bless my stars Lindsey Graham said on Fox News that if Donald Trump managed to do this he should get the Nobel Peace Prize uh, the South Korean president then also said it my god yeah here's the thing about that is it's stupid well there's that but i mean i think that that the reason why kim jong-un is finally uh negotiating is because uh in the past u.s presidents have known that if they nuke north korea north korea is going to hit them back and it's not going to be good for our country Mm -hmm. and for the first time in our history we have a president who is crazy enough to actually nuke North Korea sure. just because he wants to prove that he can. And I feel like Kim Jong-un knows that 
And so he's finally negotiating. And I don't think you get a Nobel Peace Prize for being crazier than the other crazy guy. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, and I hate to say this, the whole, it's, it's a means to an end, you know? So if the end goal is getting, you know, North Korea to the table for peace talks and being successful at that, maybe he's as eligible as anyone else. I don't think he's doing any of it, but I think he's the face of it. Well, that's what I don't get is that all of this, all of this talk started, but the only people who have met with each other are South and North Korea. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. why, Why wouldn't one of them get the Nobel Peace Prize? You'd think so. I don't know. I think it's ridiculous, too. But, like, for, for reasons that are outside of the fact that Nobel Peace Laureate Donald John Trump sounds ridiculous. <laughs> and I just don't even know how we got to this point. I'm so confused. Also, like, he may have colluded with a foreign government to win an election and, like, almost brought down American democracy. And I don't think that's very peaceful. Conclusion. Collusion. I don't like Conclusion. it. Spin it again. Collusion. We're running out of time. Okay. Um, let's see what we got here. Gosh darn you, rant wheel keeps landing on the same thing. Uh, we're gonna do the Iowa abortion bill. So, so um, Iowa, the Iowa state legislature passed a law yesterday, um, n- saying that no abortions could take place after six weeks. Uh, it's called a heartbeat bill. Why yeah. is this important? Um, it basically, it's called a heartbeat bill because six weeks is usually when you can hear a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, why is this important? Some women don't even know they're pregnant at six weeks. That was my that's, first thought. That's the biggest thing is that, uh, you could easily be seven weeks pregnant and not know, and then you would be out of options. Right. Um, and it also is, uh, this bigger issue of people trying to restrict what the courts have already deemed a right, mm-hmm. not an unlimited right but a right right and the other thing is logistically it's i feel like logistically it's dumb because people are just going to cross the border into minnesota and get them because we have them here yeah and they're legal here and so people from iowa well but the other the other thing with that is that um texas uh a couple years ago tried to institute a law about having like uh places that provide abortions up to surgical standards and stuff right and what that did was that closed a lot of places that provided abortions and that made uh women have to travel further to get it Mm mm-hmm so if you're going to restrict abortions in Iowa, uh, women who want an abortion after six weeks are going to have to travel up to Minnesota. But if you are lower income, you can't afford to travel. Um, you know, it, it's yeah. it's disproportionately going to advantage or going to disadvantage uh, women who are not in positions of privilege. Right. And so, you know, it speaks to that bigger issue as well. Yeah. And that's that's a big one to point out, I think. And I think... Uh, it just doesn't make sense. It's not targeting what they want to target either. I don't think what they think they're... I don't know what they think that they're going to accomplish with this. Well, I mean, they think that they're going to accomplish basically banning abortion. Which, you, you know, know state- I mean, you can't legally ban abortion, right? We settled that in, in Roe v. Wade and Casey versus Planned Parenthood. Right. Um, But, <laughs> you know, this is essentially an abortion ban because, like we said... Many women don't even know they're pregnant until after six weeks because right. of that's how biology works. Right. It's just it's weird for me to think that obviously they're what they're who they're going to be hurting the most are lower income women who can't travel out of the state, but there's still going to be people who can cross state lines and do that. And so it's not it's not a stopgate. No, but it's their way of, of controlling it. Yeah. I it's mean, they dumb. can control it within their state. Why wouldn't they do it? I still think it's dumb. Um, no, it is dumb. And uh, you know this is. <laughs> It's it's not it's not political. It's it's a personal issue, and 
um, the last thing that women should have to be worrying about uh, in one of the most vulnerable and hardest decisions they're ever going to have to make is whether or not their government is going to allow them to make that decision. Precisely. Um, And I also think it's interesting that the party that screams about civil liberties and things like uh, not touching guns and all of this are the ones who uh, want to take away personal liberty from Iowan women. Yeah. And they don't support members of their own party that feel that that's an infringement on personal rights. Like, I hate to say it, but Tammy. Yeah. Who got kicked off the blaze because she said, yeah, I believe I'm a pro choice because I believe in civil liberties and I believe in the right to the individual. Yeah. And I don't think the government should be messing my business. Um, so this bill is gross. And uh, it has passed the Iowa House. I believe it is uh, being voted on in the Senate tonight. It might have already been voted on. Right. But Republica. Wow. Republica. Um, Iowa also has a far right governor um, who is up for reelection. Yeah. So uh, if you want to get involved, uh, I would say mm-hmm. get involved on your state level because this could very easily uh, be. Right another state that does this if this gets passed we should really rename iowa we really should rename iowa republica now though um all right we are going to get out of here because we're three minutes late yep uh next week last show our last episode yeah we may it'll be uh show number 20 i believe yeah big 2-0 love it i think it's 20 okay we'll have Um, to do some math later there's that hard for yeah there's that one hidden episode that no one will ever hear again that's true because the camera didn't record r.i.p we just have Um, a video of us jamming to rolling in the deep pretty much um but yeah, so next week will be the last episode. It'll be a special one. Yeah, it will. We're going to have some things planned. Uh, it might be supersized. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We're going to write it. <laughs> um, we'll get there. All right. Uh, for Yay by Proxy, I'm Cindy McDevitt. And I'm Megan Mullen. We'll see you next week. <laughs>